0: You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Avram Kipalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Shalom. This is To Stir With Love, a criminal justice reform podcast. Uh, Today, tonight, we would like to discuss something which is quite complex, but so crucial, which is how do judges and get appointed for that incredibly important position that they have. No, in, in criminal justice, what the judge determines is basically going to set the life course of the person in front of him and the way the judge decides whether um, the judge is all powerful. And yet how do we determine who gets to sit in that position? Uh, a little bit of a uh, research by our panel here has shown that every state is quite different. We have with us, um, from the state of Illinois, um, uh, my colleague, Rav Scheiman, who is, of course, the, the founder chief executive officer of Hinda Helps, who's been with us for many weeks here, um, and uh, through Binyamin, I've gotten to know uh, Chris Miner, who is a an adjunct professor. Would, would you say an
1: adjunct professor? I'm a PhD student, but I also assist teaching classes. I've taught Criminology 101, uh, six sections of it. So I'm pretty familiar with most of the basics of criminology. Admittedly, before we get too deep into this conversation, Judge appointmentship is not my area of expertise, but I do have enough facts and ideas. I think I can contribute to this conversation.
0: Okay, but we both, both you and Rabbi Scheiman know that the state of Illinois, you from the wonderful, um, not so polluted state of New Jersey, the garden state where um, uh, things are very different here than they are across the uh, Hudson in New York. Uh, We also have with us um, a uh, a very, a person who has been a uh a defense attorney for many many years he's now retired uh Gershon Sternberg who is joining us I think from the state of Florida right yes and i don't know what the uh, for the florida laws are Gershon i mean the the judge is is as much as important as the lawyers are and and, and the evidence the judge is, is 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 so crucial to any outcome correct
2: yes well, yes and no. It depends. The defense did better with juries. At least I did. Um, I had a feeling that after sitting as a judge in the criminal court for a number of years, I tend to think some of them become a little callous to what's going on in front of them. For example, I, I honestly believe that there are some judges who who will always believe the police unless you can convince them beyond a reasonable doubt. Otherwise, Um, you know, it's a human system and we all have our foibles, judges, lawyers, senators, presidents, everybody. Uh, So you, you can't, in fact, it's even said as a matter of law, you don't have a right to expect a perfect trial. Uh, but one that's fundamentally fair, you do have a right to. Uh,
0: but but, but, but I, I
2: speaking, my experience was once a case is being tried uh, by a jury, you have to understand that it's the trier of fact. The jury is the trier of fact. The jury decides what happened, what the evidence is proved. Now, judges in a jury trial through facial expressions, uh, through comments, um, through their general attitude that they manifest from the bench can attempt to influence the jury or at least suggest to the jury what they think uh, the case is about and what they think uh, the ruling should be. Now, let let me just say this. I, I have to be fair. I practiced in front of God knows how many different judges in Cook County and in the federal courts. And for the most part, I think the people sitting on the bench were basically fair and were doing their best not to interject their own um, persona or attitude or perspective into the proceedings. I've seen there was one judge very bright fellow uh, who eventually became an appellate court justice uh, who would make, uh, he'd roll his eyes, and he'd he'd make these extreme facial expressions uh, messaging to the jury what he thought of what was going on in front of him. And during a recess, I actually had to Ask him to stop doing it. Uh, I did. I, I, it, it took some chutzpah to have been in front of judges that are as pleasant as you would ever want a person to be, but yet at the same time did their job with conviction and strength. And I remember one judge, his name was Fred Sir. A
0: tremendous amount of power when it comes to sentencing even in a jury do. trial they can oh, yes they can they can be the difference between 5 10 15 or or, or, or a much longer sentence right they Well there's this
2: and they're this, the ones this, that
0: they're they're the ones that could say you're showing remorse you're not showing remorse so even in a jury trial where they're just supposed to be guiding and supposed to be instructing what the law is as i said before they have tremendous power and we should maybe know more about who we're putting up there Instead of having to play this game of, of knowing who your judge is and having your lawyer figure out what he likes, what he doesn't like, there should be, for justice, there should be at least a a, 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 a sense that almost any judge you're getting is going to be uh, a person that represents the, 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 the most noble aspects of the law. Um, Rabbi Shimon, I mean, we both rabbis, but why don't you... Give us a sense of what uh, our, our, our Torah tells us, what we should expect from our judges.
3: Okay. Well, uh, the first place that judges come in in the Torah is when the Jews come out of Egypt. They had no judges. And um, Moshe's father-in-law comes. He sees him standing a whole day long. There were lines and lines of people that had questions. And he said, that's not a good system. There's 600,000 people. So he gave him a system to appoint like 78,000 judges. Uh, there would be judges for thousands, judges for uh, um, hundreds, and then judges for 50s, and judges for every 10 people. And he gave seven qualities of what these people should be. If a person had these seven qualities, that uh, what are the qualities? To be God-fearing men, uh, to respect. Uh, they, they're respected because they have integrity. They hate money meaning they're not, they, they won't allow their soul to be bribed or they're wealthy enough. They don't care about the, the money part. Uh, they're righteous, they're wise, understanding, and they have a good reputation. So if somebody has any of those seven qualities, uh, Moshe accepted what his father-in-law said, and he went on and appointed these 78,600 judges uh, in rough numbers. And, and that's the system that was established. They were not elected. They were all appointed and they had to have those qualities. So in, with our elected judges, in many cases, uh, judges are elected. Uh, you know, people do have to have those same qualities. I think that was what Gershom was talking about, about some of those few uh, that, that lacked those qualities and were too egotistical and, and uh, you know, just threw themselves around the court without that. And they didn't have a good reputation. That is not proper.
0: But we, we know, and again, I, I'm, I'm happy, Rabbi Shimon, that you, you brought those psukim, and, 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 and I, I just want to uh, indicate that we know that Moshe, first of all, had a hard time finding 80, close to 80,000 who fit the bill completely. Some of them, as you said, he had to realize which ones, which of these seven were the most important. But it, it, the search was crucial, the search for finding the best. I think also what's important is the proportion. The proportion of, uh, let's say, 3 million people, 80,000 judges to 3 million people. Um, that sounds pretty good. For even for uh, for uh, for today's time that in a population of approximately three million six hundred thousand men and let's say the same amount of women um, a million and a half let's say a mil- 1. 3 million adults the children were probably not getting into into trouble as much right so the one point three million adults there was eighty thousand judges for one point three million adults I think that sounds like a pretty good um, ratio in fact, a very strong one. the other thing I would point out using the Bible is that there seems to have been a merit uh, a, a merit system, like you said before judges for fifty judges for hundreds right so it seems like there was probably a sense of uh, a local judge a, a higher judge, a, a judge who had more authority, and maybe even could a, a an appeals type of judge as well. So, so there, there was an idea of realizing who goes where and who deserves to have uh, a, less responsibility and what would be a system for granting more responsibility. So uh, you're right, the Bible, the Torah definitely uh, can give us a blueprint, but what I would take ex- uh, exception to what you're saying is, uh, is that elected officials, I live in New Jersey, across the Hudson in New York. It's they are elected officials, um, and they go on the ticket of whoever is 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 if it's if for example when the elections are going to happen of that year, they're on the Democratic or Republican ticket, and um, a judge is now going to be in a situation right where. He was elected by the people because he has a connection to a certain political party. And th- the amount of years, and each state decides whether it's seven or 10 or a different amount of years that he's the judge, he or she is the judge. But during those years, they've got their eye on the prize of getting reelected. And therefore, you talk about Sone Betsa, which is n- not wanting money or graft. An, a, a situation where judges are elected by people and connected to a, a certain political party seems to be like, uh, 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 like, like clearly like an opening for the worst type of uh, of 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 graft and the worst type of corruption. When right when you say
2: right. so, may I? Now there are two systems in Illinois for becoming a judge. You can be appointed. And the way that works generally, and I'm not familiar with the details, but generally, if you want to be appointed, uh, I believe you can apply, actually, and the bar associations vet you, they interview you. Uh, there are a number of bar associations in Cook County, there's the Chicago Bar, which is probably the oldest and the most powerful, and then there's the uh, Black Lawyers Bar Association, Hispanic Bar Association, I believe there's an Asian Bar Association. But all they do is interview you. And you give them the names of people that they can call for references. And obviously, you're going to give them the names of people who are going to say nice things about you. Uh, Then they make a recommendation. The recommendation goes to... I, you know I don't know what if there are committees or levels in between, but eventually it goes to the Illinois Supreme Court and the judges the justices of that court. they make the appointment, they make the decisions uh Is there politics involved? yeah, of course there is uh to an ex- to a to what extent I don't know, but if you're a name known to the judges upstairs. And you're known well, you got a better ch- or you're connected politically. Somehow you got a better chance than the guy who is not. Uh, the other way is to be elected. And basically what you do is you, you throw your hat in the ring. You file a petition with sufficient number of, of uh, names uh, uh, on, a, uh, on the petition and if you have enough signatures, you can get on the ballot. I believe that's the way it works. And, and the, the truth of the matter is, when you're voting for the judges, nobody knows who they are. Nobody knows who they are. If you're Jewish, you'll vote for the Jewish names. If you're Irish, you'll vote for the Irish names. So on and so forth. But what's lacking? Let me get to my point. What's lacking? Throughout the government, There are very, both at the federal, especially the federal levels, there are some very sensitive positions. And to get into these positions, to be appointed to these positions, you have to be, and we hear this word thrown around in the news all the time. What's the word? Vetted. The person was vetted. The person who the president wanted to appoint for the cabinet position was vetted. Other positions in the CIA, in the military, in the Department of Justice, in the FBI—they really, really go through your background in detail. And I believe—I uh, don't know for a fact, but I can't help but believe—that for some of these positions, the people may have to be, or at least they should be, evaluated psychologically. I don't know of any point in the judicial system where the prospective judges are, are examined in that way. Now, I see all kinds of complications. I mean, what's the, you're going to make a person pass a psychological examination to get his name on the ballot? There are a lot of problems with that idea. Uh, for the appointment, it might be easier to say you want to be appointed. You've got to be examined. I mean, there are a lot of. I see a lot of problems. If this idea were actually thrown out to the legal community, there would be uh, there would be there would be people in an uproar. Nonetheless, there are some people sitting on the bench who shouldn't be, not because they're dishonest or that they would take a bribe but simply because their ego would get in the way of being fair and just. And I think there's got to, there should be, got to be, should be.
0: I'm going to push back with you on the vetting. I think that, I mean, I'm old enough to remember the Clarence Thomas hearings, Clarence Thomas, uh, famous Anita Hill hearings. I think everybody remembers uh, Brett Uh, Kavanaugh. And let me just get to my point, that the vetting it really depends on what the agenda of the vetters are, right? That's what right. What they bring there. So we vetted him. Okay, you
2: vetted him. You again. So but, again but those. But, but those vet. Those situations were so highly political. They were broadcast on television. And it was the Democrats versus the Republicans, or vice versa. So, uh, so I think and on it, a micro
0: level, the vetting is also, in a way, who's doing the vetting, right? In other words, well, if, the, if the vetting and, and if the vetting is done by a party in power, then they are going to nitpick and find things which they are well, which they uh, believe. Obviously, which uh, they,
2: obviously, obviously, my suggestion, if if it's never going to happen, or at least I doubt it, but I, I think there's some merit to it. And, and it it it's a,
0: Look, we know that law is more of an art than a science, but the same way in science, the people who decide who gave out the Nobel Prizes, they had a certain sense of what was significant. The people who are vetting, the people who are the eggheads, the people who are the legal minds, there's, there needs to be a certain uh, standard. Rabbi Scheiman mentions Moses. Moshe, of course, was the greatest of, of, of all men to be able to figure out what that standard is. We need to be able to replicate and have our, if they are being vetted and, and being appointed by some sort of committee that's making suggestions, that committee itself needs to be of, 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 of a high... Absolutely.
2: There's there's a lot of problems with what I'm suggesting, but the essential, the, the, my essential point is that they've got to be... They've got to be screened at that level. But, but I would,
0: And I would also say, and I, I'm, I'm surprised, Gershon, that you didn't with the New Jersey uh, model, which, as I, I think I've told you before, um, at 70, you're finished. The Supreme Court should also perhaps consider that as opposed to a lifetime appointment but i understand why they're doing that because you know they you know they 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 believe that somehow that's going to you know (laughs) age and 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 wisdom but you know
2: the idea of do we not want sages on the court again
0: we but we but we don't want old buffoons who have just a bunch of uh, <laughs> a, a bunch of young people writing their opinions anyway and they're just, just did, did, they're did just, you ever
2: they're... hear did you ever hear any of the older when i say older i mean those in their 80s upper 80s giving interviews on te- on television or yes amazing beautiful beautiful intellects a one wonderful perspectives. Wonderful.
0: That's right. But but we know
2: maybe But you're right. You don't want an old buffoon uh, in the court. And, and, and sometimes <laughs> or, a, if, or a young buffoon either or, or some buffoons you might, are not allowed.
0: <laughs> or you might have had someone on the court who was is, is losing it. The person might maybe in his fifties and sixties when he was at the top of his game, but you can see that he's already. Some people decline even in a worse way. All right, Chris,
1: you've been waiting here patiently. I think we've given you enough time to generate some ideas. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. First of all, I want to address the age thing. Uh, RBG, when she passed away, was roughly eighty-seven. Right now, Stephen Breyer is eighty-four. I've read all his books. He's in sound state of mind, but that's not always a thing when it comes to age. Is Stephen Breyer's ideology representative of the current ideology in society in America? I don't believe it is. So this age thing, how you said in New York or New Jersey, it's 70. I think that's a great idea, not to do with mental health or any kind of ageism. It's just as you get older, you're less in tune with what the younger generation is thinking. And as pointed out, I don't want a young buffoon either. Um, but one thing I will point out is we were talking about uh, the elections and the appointments. So in Illinois, circuit judges are elected. And then if you're an associate judge, you apply to them at the circuit you want to work and do those judges. So basically, in a way, it's all elected. And the election causes problems with me because you're beholden to somebody. I guess whether appointment or election, you're still going to be beholden to somebody. But if you're an elected official, you have to raise funds to do run your campaign. And that's where it becomes problematic because who's funding your campaign? This is a big problem because in politics, it's always about money. And now that everything has become so tribalized between Republicans and Democrats, they're flying that flag really high over, you know, what ideology they're gonna bring to the bench. Um, I was taking some notes as we go, there was so much to say. Reverend Scheiman, he was going down the ideal list of, of candidates. I don't know if that would that would work in America today. If you could find someone who really adheres to all those ideals and somebody who's also representative of their constituents, um, we talked a lot about jury trials. About Rip, how can I just judges. stop you for a second? Do you think yes, if yes. There's a You know, do you think that it's possible that I love
0: what you said about retiring because. You need to be in tune with the zeitgeist of what's happening. And, and an older person is respected, but not necessarily aware of the give and take of what society is happening right now. Yeah. But would you also agree that there might be a person too good? Like, In other words, Rabbi, the, the, the list of of Yisro, of Jethro to Moses, to Moshe, you you I, I, I'm reading between the lines of what you're saying is if you're going to look for this saint, that saint might not actually make a good judge because... There might be a disconnect between that saint and the level that the
1: people are on. Is that what you were saying? Yeah, the requirements I mean, great to be ideal, but the ideal person probably is not going to be the ideal judge. If you're going to be the full arbiter in the end, you know, decide if somebody lives or dies or if somebody is serving a de facto life sentence, it may not take the perfect person. It takes somebody who fits to be the perfect judge. I hope I articulated that well. uh, Jury trials are only 3% of people who are convicted. First, they're going to try to talk you out of it and talk you into a plea. The judge has ultimate power over whether that plea is accepted or is not. Then if you insist, like, no, I'm not taking the deal, they're going to try to send you to a bench trial. Now, a bench trial, obviously, the judge has ultimate power. So these judges are so powerful that the vetting we've talked about has to be done um, but I'm not really sure how. That's why I'm listening to this, trying to figure out how we could find the perfect people. You spoke about the 80,000 for the 1.5, I don't remember. But yeah. you extrapolate that right. to now, I mean, we're talking about vetting a million people. And I mean, would it be better to have more judges? In my mind, yes, because more people would actually be able to exercise your constitutional rights to a speedy jury of, you know, of their peers. Um, but I don't know. There are so many questions here when I thought we were going to be discussing more, whether it's appointments or elect. Again,
3: Cook County and Chicago is its own animal when, they, you know, there's the Chicago way and there's the Cook County way. And uh, I think um, maybe it was even a month or two ago you had a guest on, a mother who uh, had a son up in front of a certain judge and who refused to do a certain plea um, and then there was a uh, journalist who used to live in Chicago, Avi Myers. And he sure. always, before election time, he knew all the politicians. And uh, I reached out, to, I, I told the mother to reach out to him because he knew Anita Alvarez, the uh, Cook County prosecutor. Uh, 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 she, she, and she, he said, can you please look more into this case? And she came back and said, you know what? I think we should give this kid a better deal. And she sent the prosecutor to the judge she wanted to do a really nice sweet deal and this judge just refused he said not only he refused he said if you push this forward i'm going to call a press conference and say that you guys were corrupt and that we don't know what you did with alvarez but there's something fishy about this and he's going to go public about it um now it turned out our son got the heavier sentence and then uh, was a year or two later, this judge came up as being a judge who used to be a prosecutor and came up as a dirty prosecutor he used to, um, you know, uh, plant evidence and do all types of shady things. And um, in Cook County, though, if you're a judge, how do you get rid of a judge? You have to be voted off the you in Cook County, all the judges names are there and you could say either retain or get rid of. They, he's not running against anybody. He's running against himself. And this judge turned out to be this mother everybody made noise about, and a lot of people, he was actually, it only happens like once a decade, he was actually two years ago voted off the ballot by the, by the voters. They, so they, who was that? Rabbi who,
0: who was there? Judges should not, it, elections should not be what puts judges in office. And it also shows you, you they got rid of this hoolahan or Hoorahan, right? But, but how many others are still there? and because of the political machine that they're connected to uh, are are still wreaking havoc. You know, in England, things are a little bit different. In England, judges are all part-timers to start off with. They're apprentices. And I don't know, and that's not their main source of income, but if they are able to, I guess, have their cases reviewed by an independent intellectual body, what happens is they become candidates for a full-time position that the government pays them for and and that to me sounds like you every person has to go has to do his work instead of being a prosecutor or a lawyer and then throwing your hat in the ring and saying hey I want to wear the robe you actually start off as sort of an apprentice judge just like I was trying to indicate by Moshe, by Mosherbado the 50s the 100s those probably were ones dealing with the smaller cases and then the other judges themselves were there, were, were the deciders along with Moses. So I think in England they've they've come closer to a a, a better system. Maybe look at it's cool the way they wear the wigs. Also, <laughs> but the point is is that you know it, it sounds like at least there it it seems to be not connected to uh, the the political party in in power, and it's not just a way uh, to, to throw your weight around. You start off as sort of like a civil servant with, with a certain sense of modesty, and then you build yourself up, and and, and and attrition knocks out the ones that don't seem to have those qualities that you and, and, and Garrison were talking about, the, 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 the qualities of running a courtroom properly, and this way the, the cream rises to the top. I, I think if we would have a system like that in the United States, and state of New York, let me just put it this way. You don't even need a legal degree to be a judge, right? You don't need to have gone to law school. You don't need to have, right? You can take somebody off the street and technically he could be elected judge, assuming right? he, he came through, right? In, in terms of popularity.
1: Um, Chris, you wanted to, 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 to say something? No, I was, just making, I was just making the face about how wonderful that sounds and how it seems like such common sense because uh, that way they're vetting themselves publicly their own time and the attrition if you stick with it making minimal pay it's really what you want to do because you really feel as if you are equipped for that job so i think that's perfect i think you think you mentioned that in, in america i feel at least in illinois it's kind of a status thing it is you just want to ascend it's the next step and it gives you so much power and it gives you the status of being a judge but the system that you just spoke about you know in england i think that would be the perfect I I, I, I would say another, I have another
0: idea. and I'm going to ask all three of you to, to, I don't know if that's the way it's done in England, but maybe even instead of uh, 70 being the cutoff point, maybe every judge who makes it as part of the judges for, to to deal with criminal cases and essential uh, white collar or, or violent crime, whatever it is, they, they do that for seven to 10 years. Afterwards, they become part of the uh, of, of the uh, of the advisory committees. Every judge has his time, and afterwards they spend time working in various ways of advice because they've been there and they know what's good. Now they will. So the system is really self-contained, and you don't have uh, the, the the necessarily the fat cat politicians there. So every judge has his years of work, and you know those glory years, whatever they would be, ten years, and then they move on, and then they, they what is their role? Their role is to read the opinions of their of, of their younger peers and to weigh in on that. They provide the wisdom about how that judge is doing, and okay, it's maybe the, and, and again, obviously you need money to pay for all of this but i think that you know if we're talking about infrastructure you know 3 trillion whatever amount of money it seems that they could probably come up with an infrastructure package where we could have a totally uh, independent judiciary system where you know the types of Aberrations and graft and and, and and terrible behavior that Rabbi Shimon talked about we could eliminate. I mean, this has been a criminal justice reform podcast, right? I think this is a place where we, we've got to think about to have a a, a more compassionate, uh, intelligent, logical uh, place because you know this is really the the area where I think it's a gaping hole that that unless it's fixed we're going to have problems
2: right of 11 what you're suggesting makes a, it makes a lot of sense and here's the word that you're looking for court watcher judges the older judges should watch should should watch the younger judges during their trials i mean not sit there every day day in and day out but spend some time in the courtroom and observe how the judge is conducting him or herself. That's a wonderful, I think that's a great idea, potentially.
0: Yeah, and and, and, and and put it this way, this way it's Asian. It's not about pushing your agenda. It's about did this man violate the law? What is precedent for how he should be punished? What other factors need to be taken into consideration and will be taken into consideration? And unless, you're going off you're going off on a different track no no i'm yeah. saying what I'm saying is that's all what these people are watching Gershon. they are that's what they're going to be judged on that's that's what their report cards are going to be in other words, how many judges threw their weight around and did an imperious uh, sentence which didn't seem to come out of come out of nowhere? How many judges stifled uh, attorneys uh, chances to really talk how many judges were right like how many of them were showing the crazy faces and and, and grimaces and eye rolling all of that is all part of something that is going to produce a more uh, balanced and, and 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 real empathetic human who, who we can look up to uh,
2: what uh, you want is accountability
3: that's right and 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 age not- There's also another reason why people become judges. There's a very, um, well, very, very successful divorce lawyer in Chicago, who for many years himself was a judge. And then he left the judgeship and went back into his practice. And because he knows all the judges now, it's a great advantage to his firm. He, he, He uses that to his advantage. He uses his being formerly a judge now in his practice. And he's really, really profiting off of it. Bet, Ra-
2: Rabbi Shimon, let me tell you that when former federal judge George N. Layton argued the menorah case before Judge James Parsons, Judge James Parsons reprimanded himself and said, Mr. Layton, when you were a judge, we treated you with respect. Now, will you not treat me with respect? It <laughs> backfired. You didn't know about that one. Oh no. Maybe
0: I'm just thinking out loud here as we're sort of churning. You know, our brains are churning here. Maybe it should be uh, uh, there should be state statutes against judges going into private practice afterwards. In other words,
2: <laughs> What do you?
0: <laughs> I'm saying it, it. would seem that there's the uh, the desire to to cash in on what they knew and the ins and outs of what they had, it it would seem to be too, it would seem to be too, it would seem to be
1: too much, too tempting. Chris, what do you think? I'm not sure on that, but I think what it comes down to is we just need to find a way to get impartial judges and fair judges. And one thing we talk about is making it less prestigious, but we can't take away the pay and we can't make the pay less because then it makes it easier to corrupt when somebody holds a little bag over them. So the situation is so deep, and as I said before, I don't have the answers, but I think allowing more people access to judgeships would be a way to hopefully help things. For instance, I mean, when you said a judge is not having law degrees in New York, that puzzled me, but in a way that could be for the good because it makes that particular job accessible to somebody who didn't have the means to go to law school. And that's a barrier that I would like to see broke down. But at the counter, like you said, it is really odd having somebody whose job is to, is to judge the law not being affluent in law. So I just think we really need to completely, I don't know if reform can work here. I think this is something where maybe the system has to be completely reimagined yeah. and replaced. And I see your face and
0: Chris I, the same way there are people like you who are um, uh, passionate and are uh, who are as we say in Hebrew with shame Shemayam for the sake of heaven who mean it who are authentic I think that there are people who, uh, who authentically want to be ministers of the law. Um, mm-hmm. Rabbi yeah, Shimon, Rabbi Shimon will tell you he's not in this for the money. And uh, th- I think we can find judges who aren't in it for the money. Judges who are in it because they understand how important it is for the community to have that linchpin. And if there's a person who, through his shady dealings, that that guy gets thrown out because if the if we cap the amounts of the judges can make, then we are going to only bring forward the ones who who are doing it out of authentic uh, desire to better the community. And I can tell you, I'm gonna just tell you out of my own uh, life, I have been a a judge of arbitration for many years in uh, Illinois and in New York. I have been asked numerous times, I would say dozens and dozens of times to act as a legal representative of one side in the argument. There was a lot more money there than there was being an arbitrator. Believe me, we arbitrators got paid very minimal. But to me, in my mind, one way was pushing uh, someone's independent agenda to, to win a case. The other one was to actually be a mouthpiece for God, to be a mouthpiece for what the law means. I felt that when I discussed it with my fellow judges, the spirit of of, of the Lord was with us. And I think a secular spirit of justice can also be there. And And I think those people are out there. Look, they can't be thrown out on the streets but a comfortable amount of money that other civil servants are paying. And I think you're going to find a lot of wonderful, modest people who are are willing to do
1: that. I wish that were true. And just one last comment that I'll let you in, Gary. I apologize. When you talk about who you talked about existed and wanted to be judges, I don't know if the kind of people you're talking about want to be judges. Like I'm a pretty good person. I wouldn't be a judge because I can admit my bias. I'm probably, I'm not going to be your law and order guy. I'm just real. I'm not going to let murders go free, but I'm going to cut way too much slack. The newspaper is going to destroy me. And I think a lot of people who have good hearts, people who might have religious motivations or really are good people are like, I don't want to be the one making those decisions, but you're doing what I'm doing. You're thinking about an ideal, a different world. So, Hey, we're doing good there. Okay. Gary, I cut you off. Go ahead, sir. The, the,
2: the simple point I want to make is there are a lot of people who don't want to be judges simply because they can make a lot more money in the practice.
0: Right. But, 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 meanwhile, they're letting a the system stay corrupt. Right. True.
2: Well, they might, they might you're be going, to, their, you're going might be... too far. I don't think the system is corrupt. It just needs to be taken to the next level. It needs to be improved. I wouldn't say it's corrupt. Yeah, there's some corrupt. People.
3: That in the system we started with tonight, uh, that 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 Moses started in the desert, there were no lawyers, defense lawyers or prosecuting attorneys. The judges heard everything from the people in front of them. There were no juries. It was the judge handling everything. And when we say there was a judge for every 10 people, those were for the very simple civil cases or disputes that might have gone on or just clarifying a law. And then, as you know, in Jewish law, when it came to a capital case, there wasn't a jury, there wasn't a prosecutor and defendant. There were 70 it had to go to the Sanhedrin and 70 of these judges, the greatest judges of all, the seventy top had to decide between themselves. So you had the seventy best minds deciding the case. It wasn't a jury of peers. And the Rabbi, I of would submit. I, coming, I, w- I, them.
2: I would submit that although the Sanhedrin was not a jury of peers, it was a form of a jury. Well, definitely- it was a large. It was a large body of people. To make the decision, it just it wasn't one, it wasn't two, but that was three. uh, The
0: Sanhedrin again, just as a matter of fact, based on what we know from the sources, this Sanhedrin only ruled on very few cases. Practically, it was only they were mostly like a court of appeals when the lower courts weren't able to determine things, or there was a type of law that needed to be extracted or it was the uh, one of their own, uh, known as the Zokin Mamre, one of their own uh, uh, members or someone who could be on there was 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 ruling uh, and, and, and giving directives in law. Most of the time, Kerry, it was 23 that dealt with um, capital How cases. Many,
2: I don't remember. Is it 23 were needed for a capital case?
0: 23 for a capital case. Okay, that, okay, right. wait,
2: wait, 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 wait in the civil courts a jury generally generally is comprised of 12 here you had 23 big difference obviously the sanhedrin were trained judges and they were scholars they were not the peers of the people but nonetheless they were 23 different people 23 different perspectives and that's one of the beauties of the jury system, even in our secular system, is that when you have 12 people hearing the case, you have 12 different perspectives, 12 different people coming from 12 different walks of life with 12 uh, totally different paths that brought them to that courtroom. The, 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 the 23 judges, I, w- I would submit there's a great deal of similarity. I, I would the, submit that there's I, similarity. Okay,
0: it, 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 there might be, but again, you know, the, uh, we know that the juries, especially in, in very high-profile cases, are very influenced by, um, you know, what they're hearing and what they've heard beforehand. Um, to make it even as one of the 23 judges, it took a tremendous amount of discipline and study and love of how law works and how law needs to be employed. They didn't need to have lawyers and judges explain to them the difference between manslaughter and second degree and third degree and getting all those details. They had that on the top of their head because they couldn't even put on the judge's robe until they passed with a 95 or 100 in their tests. So don't
2: don't you think however that that although there weren't lawyers advocating the different positions don't you think that those judges argued the different points of view as, as as the lawyers would have better better than the lawyers because they good, were completely good. objective they were like, Exa- okay great they
0: came them a Gary, they came from a system of homiletics. The system, uh, the, the Talmudic system is a system that knows how to argue both sides
2: perfectly. That's that proves, why they were, r- Rabbi, that proves my point. They did a better job of advocating all sides of the case than lawyers would have. Right, but that doesn't mean they were like a jury.
0: Chris, well, Chris, Chris it's, help it's, me here. Don't, don't you think the jury can sometimes be
1: led by the nose? As the outsider here, as the outsider, I'll say it sure does sound like a jury, but I I don't really agree with what Gary said about having an independent 12 minds on a jury when the prosecuting uh, uh, attorney can kick 10 of them off. I don't remember the terminology for no reason whatsoever, generally because they're black or something of that like, and then you pare it down by asking them questions and questions. You're you you're stacking the jury. You're not getting 12 independent minds. You're getting 12 people who you know exactly how they think. And well, like taking, and I really want to learn more about this system. Influenced by the classic
0: uh, play and film "12 Angry Men," um, where you had, of course, um, you know, you had the 11 jury jurists, jurors who were convinced that the the young fellow was guilty of murder, and there was a group think that sets in. That group think Gary, never. That's,
2: no, you're, you're, you're right. But it's a mixed bag. I mean, I've, I don't know. You're right. You are right. Thank it's you. The, Thank the, you. The, That's right. Well, period. Period. Well, period. No, no, you are period. Right. no, period. No, period. No, period. The argument is a certain uh, commonality that they have. And the commonality is the number of people involved in the decision-making process in the secular court it's 12 in the sanhedrin it's well you said 23 you 100. have a group you have a group making the decision a large group of people making the decision and I'm only suggesting that the 23 judges in many respects, on a higher level, because they're so much more learned, knowledgeable, and educated, they, they are acting as a jury. I, I would say they are. Yes.
3: Yeah. Okay. Right. Again, the, the, the distinction would be, Chris pointed out before, that only 3% of cases go to a jury trial. In the, in the Sanhedrin system, 100% of the cases got that treatment. 100%. There were no plea deals. Everything went to these 23 wonderful minds and if they if they've had all seven qualities imagine if everybody had their day and caught in front of 23 like brilliant people with integrity with honesty hated all these things imagine if everybody had that chance that would be a much greater system it
2: sounds like mashiach had come
0: <laughs> and thought about and whether we're going to borrow from our cousins across the pond or we're going to look back into the ancient tomes of judaism either way i think that an upgrade is is called for and i think all of us would when we have nebuchadnezzar if we have to come our day in court we want to be able to be sure that we're going to get solid quality and similarity as opposed to what Gary was talking about before is oh I don't know about this guy oh I, I you have to know how to handle this judge it should be the same sort of compassion understanding and and brilliance and 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 knowledge of what people are and I think we can't discount Chris's point as well people that are in this ivory intellectual tower. Are probably going to have a hard time dealing with the nitty gritty stuff. And, and well,
2: and, and, I, I, I nominate Benjamin Shining for judge. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, I'm not going to be insulted that as long as I can be inter- as long as I can interview him after the cases. Take care, everybody. So, uh, we'll we'll, we'll see you next week. Take care. Be well. <clears throat> Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of New Work and IDT podcast.